Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hi, Dom. It always sounds a bit like um, game show host, and I'm running down the <laughs> stairs and saying, yay, here Corinne. I am. <laughs> okay, next time it's Corinne Cantor, come on down. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Very well. Hey, I've got a question for you this week. So we work with lots of clients who are looking to build a constructive culture. And as they know, as we know, culture and leadership are tied together at the hip, yep. two sides of the same coin. So they often ask, you know, how do we help our leaders become constructive leaders? You know, are there kind of tips, things to, I guess, a guiding light for them to keep in mind to be constructive leaders? Mm. Yeah, I think there is. And, you know, I've been thinking about this as well, is I think that when you're a leader, you've got so much to do, you really just want some simple guidance. Yeah. And over the years, we've developed lots of different models, but I'm going to talk about the five C's, kind of four C's anchored by one big one. So, and what we're going to do is each C belongs to a style. So if I'm thinking about as a leader, how do I grow my achievement orientation? Mm. That's really about clarity. Mm. Tell me more. What are we clear about? Exactly. What are we clear about? So the first thing that as a leader, clarity is about understanding why you're here. Okay. So what is the reason your role exists and what is the expectation around what it is that you need to produce and deliver as a leader? So what does that mean? It means that you've got to get clear on how your leader is going to measure your effectiveness and what the organizational ask is of you as a leader. Mm which means that you've got to get clear about what the goals are going to be, have a a plan, a written plan. If you're clear on what it is that's expected of you, then you can create clarity for others in your team Mm. by explaining the why we Mm. do things. So if you're not clear on the why, then you can't be clear to others about why you're asking them to do things. And so if we're not clear, we've got to ask. Exactly. Keep asking until you actually do understand. That's right. Totally. So achievements around creating clarity. How do you do that? You do that by being clear about how I'm measured. So then you can be clear and create clarity for other people in terms of what you want them to work on. Mm. That means goals. Mm and it means milestones, Mm. and it means giving people a sense, a clarity about what good looks like. So give examples of what it is that you're wanting them to aim for. You know, give them the capacity to be able to self-assess their progress. It's also being clear about how often you want to get some feedback on how they're doing and how you're going to measure progress. So Goal setting, examples of what good looks like, KPIs and KPY, so being clear Mm -hmm. about why that's required, and also in terms of how often you want progress checks. I love what you said in there. It was clear about what good looks like because I reckon there's a lot of leaders who are clear about what they don't want. Exactly. But actually that doesn't help me move forward. It just helps me not fall into the pit hole. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I know I've been guilty of this where the leader kind of thinks they've given enough information, Mm. but they haven't really. What's abundantly clear to them 
is super vague to the person they've given the job to. So as a leader, the brief should include what is it, what that I'm asking you to produce, why I'm asking you to produce it, what good looks like. And in terms of the what good looks like, one of the things that you can do is give people a bit of a checklist. You know, it could just be a verbal checklist. There are three things that it needs to cover off, Dom, A, B, C. So just check your work before you kind of, you know, bring it back and then we can Hmm. talk. Hmm. So I think clarity is really around the expectation, the goal and the deliverables. One more question I'm going to pitch to you right now to throw in there (laughs) is around we can be really clear on our goals, but there can be tons of them. Too many. Too many goals. So is it clear about which ones of those matter? Yeah, absolutely. It is absolutely important to be clear about which one of those matters and what the priorities are. The other thing I think that's important to be clear in terms of priorities is how does it ladder up? What's the line of sight between what I do every day and how that helps the team achieve what the organisation needs? Mm. So we're clear why we're here, how we're going to be measured, what we're here to do, and what are the priorities? Yeah. Bam, we're clear. All right, what was the next C? The next C is really confidence. And Mm. so... It's about being confident in yourself, but it's also about how do you create confidence in others? And that's really about creating the conditions that people need in order to grow self-actualizing. But there are two elements to all of this, right? So the leader has to feel confident in themselves to be able to do that well. So self-actualizing for a leader really is being clear on what are your values as a leader? What's important to you in terms of how you want to show up? So it's about what's important to me, what are my values, and what is it that I need to be able to keep growing, okay, Uh confidence. And it's also about not second guessing, okay? So actually being your own coach in a way in terms of helping yourself look at the positive of what you've done versus looking at the deficit of Mm. what you've done. If you're always conscious of of focusing on your mistakes, it's really tough to be confident, right? Because you're forever actually, your self-talk kind of erodes any confidence that might be there. So one of the things for the leader in terms of growing confidence is actually focusing on what you've done that's created progress, what you've done that you're proud of, you know, that Mm. it may not be a task. It may be that you had a really tough conversation. So claim that as something that's a real positive. And it's the same for creating confidence in others is helping them to focus on the balance, the good, you know, as well as the stuff that didn't go quite Mm. as well. It's doing things like helping people reframe an issue. So maybe someone's feeling down about something, they're stuck in the mistake. So reframe it from a mistake into what were the learning Uh, and then how would they apply that learning next time? uh, So we're we're learning and growing. I had an example, opposite example, in a workshop I was in yesterday, which was this guy's talking about is he was building someone up in in his team and he was getting her to run the like a briefing presentation or whatever it was. But giving a presentation and like the, the big boss, his boss's boss or something came to this presentation. And at the end of it, the I think the girl asked, you know, how did I go or something like that? And apparently he said, that was the worst presentation I've ever seen or some, something to that effect. I mean, imagine the impact of hearing that oh, from your boss's gosh. boss. 
destroyed her. She left yeah, the yeah. company not long well, after. I felt that impact and I wasn't even oh, there. I know. Imagine yeah. that. So mm. so that's the opposite. That's tearing yeah. it down. But how do we build people up? And I think one yeah. of the things I sort of say to leaders who have who've shown up as oppositional huh. is confirm before you correct. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes leaders are all about problem solving. Yes. And so they can go into the critique before they actually talk about what was there that they liked. Okay. So in terms of creating confidence in others, if you know that you tend to lean into the problem side of things, then remember to actually confirm what is there, what does meet the expectation before you actually go into correcting what needs work. Mm. So I think that's the other thing. The other thing I think too is to creating confidence is actually listening, (laughs) you know, really listening to someone and paying attention to them Mm. and being fully present so that they feel like they matter. They're there, yeah. You know, and that what they have to say is important. Yes. And to me, it links back to the clarity one that we start with because if I'm clear about where I can play, you know, what good looks like, I can make decisions. I can use my initiative and move forward. Yeah. Right? So I reckon they're probably all linked and and we'll probably get to that. You talked about confidence and the opposite kind of being self-doubt. Yeah. I reckon it can also tip over the other way into bravado. Yeah. Right? Where I'm kind of full of myself now, Mm. which is actually not confident either Mm. because I feel like I've got to prove something or show Mm. something to everyone because I'm actually a bit worried. And it can come from insecurity. And, you know, sometimes I think about it like a – like a sliding scale, uh. you know, like at one end you've got self-doubt, uh. you've got confident, and then you've got arrogance almost, uh. you know, uh. too much or bravado. And so sometimes that arrogance and bravado can come because I'm feeling the pressure to look good even though I'm not confident, uh. okay? So actually sort of to think about what is going to trigger me to slide one way or the other and where you want to be is just in that balance in the middle. Uh. And so that means it's difficult to be confident as a leader unless you're actually acknowledging, confirming what's good about yourself rather than tearing yourself down Uh. or trying too hard. You know, Uh. people appreciate just being real. What I was going to say in creating others' confidence in others is actually to be real and share your failures sometimes. So sometimes one of the ways that you can help other people to build confidence is to be vulnerable about your limitations, the things that you've got to work on, because if they can hear you talking about it in a way that's not self, you know, deprecating and critical, then they hear the, it's inspiring, right? Mm. Because it means that I'm not in this alone Mm. and that if you, my leader, can learn from it, then I can learn Mm. from my mistakes as well. Mm. The next C, I had a little sneak peek and I reckon it also connects in is around coaching. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about building confidence in others, and part of that comes from coaching. So where are we going in that one? Yeah. Yeah, look, you talked about the interrelatedness, and each of the blue styles actually interrelate, you know, so that it does make sense that if you're coaching, you're really helping others grow to be their best. You're really helping to develop and grow them. What that means from a leader is that you're not telling, you're not directing, you're not supervising, Uh okay? So all of those things is about instructing and really 
if you're in a telling, instructing or supervising, that isn't coaching, that's directing someone how to do stuff. So they might as well just be a pair of hands because you're the one that's making the decision around it. The coaching part is how do I help somebody learn for themselves? How do I help somebody build their level of competence around something? So for example, it may be that you ask them questions that help them to think about what it is that they need to do. So if somebody comes to you and they say to you, what do you want me to do on X? A project. Mm -hmm. A coaching response would be, how are you thinking about it? Tell me what you think you should do. Oh. Okay. What's your intention? What, what's, what would be your response? Okay. So I'm not going to, I'm going to resist telling you what I think. I'm going to ask you, what do you think about it? You're more familiar with it than I am. What would you do? Oh. Okay. So that's a coaching question. Let's take it up in that level. Say somebody comes to you and they say, I'm thinking about doing this, but I'm not sure. What do you think? Okay. Again, easy to come back and say, this is what I think you should do. As a leader, you've got to be mindful that people will tend to give your views and your responses. There's a risk that they'll value that more than they value their own. Uh And it can be tricky in the sense that you might develop a dependence. So if somebody comes to you and says, I was thinking about doing this, what do you think? Then the coaching response would be, okay, tell me more. What's in your thinking about that? Help me understand where you're coming from and why you think that would be a good thing to do. So you're not giving them the answer, but you're helping them think out loud about their reason for suggesting that. The Uh. other good question is, what's your dilemma? What's the real challenge for you with this? Uh. Which is a... Michael, Michael Bungay Stadia. Yeah. So I was just thinking about the seven, the coaching habit, the fantastic seven habit. questions. Great, great yeah. book. And the advice trap, which is the second book, which is around. So Michael Bungay Stadia, author, he was on the podcast. I, I forget which episode, but not too long just ago. Just before Christmas, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Awesome books. Questions. How do you stay curious a little longer? Yeah. And you know what I loved in that book? It's um, a quote he had in there from someone, but it kind of stuck with me was that advice. Is kind of like foreign currency. It feels useful, but I'm not sure what to do with it. <laughs> you know, like I've got yeah. foreign money. It's like, well, I can't yeah. actually use it for anything, yeah. but it feels like it should yeah. be useful. And so, you know, for leaders who are trying to develop this coaching capability, Michael's book is a fantastic, The Coaching Habit. I recommend it, both all books, but there's seven questions. And so one of the things to ask someone who's stuck oh. in a deliver, it's actually to say, what's going on for you? Where are you stuck? you know, and what's the real challenge for you with that? So, which is one of his questions. And, you know, what would it be like if you did the opposite? Okay. So it's actually asking questions that help people think for themselves. That's what coaching means, resisting the temptation to give the answer. Often leaders will have a view. You know, I've never known a leader not (laughs) to have a view about something. And that's sometimes how we add value. But to just resist the the opportunity to tell and really get them to be curious. So some of the questions that help are what questions, when, how, how much. So they're kind of questions that will get more detail and to explore their thinking. Explore, yeah, rather than be too quick to volunteer your view. I I come across leaders all the time, Corinne, where it's like the the level under us, they don't take responsibility for anything. Yeah. You know? Because it's your plan. You're telling them what yeah. to do. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. if you want them to take responsibility, you got to give them responsibility. Yeah. You got to give them ownership. Yeah. What do you think you should do? Yeah. Because now you own it, not me. And I'll give you an example. I might have used this example before, but I was working with one leader who, a uh, sales leader, and they weren't getting what they needed from their team, their sales team. And so they gave them a template to complete. They, tr- In their mind, they were being humanistic, encouraging and coaching mm. because they provided a template, mm. a prescription mm. for getting this right. Can you... And what happened was this was a new leader and people felt that the leader hadn't spent enough time getting to know what the work required. Now, as a leader, he's saying, yeah, but I'm not getting what I need. How do I? I was trying to coach them. I said, okay. So one of the ways that you coach in that situation may be to say, let's go over what is really important, what I need to see. These are the things that I need to see that I'm not getting at the moment. What are your ideas about? Uh, how you might be able to produce that, uh, okay? So then the idea about how to solve that problem comes from the individual, and that's like a coaching question that helping to build that capability. Uh, I'm coaching someone at the moment with that exact. Oh, really? Doing that exact thing, so yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So, because coaching is really how do I help you be your best? Exactly. And if we're going to be the most effective organisation. Yeah. We need people to be their best. We need them thinking for themselves. Exactly. You need to think for themselves. So we've got clarity, confidence, coaching. Fourth C is around affiliative. How do you build that affiliative style, which is through connection? Mm. And it's really, affiliative is really about appreciating people okay, yeah. and actually developing relationship with them. Not because you have to, because you're genuinely interested in them. And it's interesting that one of the styles that sometimes doesn't rank as high on the blue styles for leaders or culture is affiliative. It's kind of like this idea that I can't be too friendly. Mm. Now, here's the value of building that affiliative style and building connection is that it's a very good and important way of building trust. Okay. So if you're of showing people that you're interested in them and that you're paying attention, and that you you know something about what's important to them, you become knowable as well, mm. okay? And so that connection serves leaders very well in times of change, and trust is really important. Trust in the leader is really important. It's important if the leader's trying to get the team to develop a stretch, that trust be really solid. So that affiliative style can be grown just by developing connection. And there are a lot of leaders out there who are very task-oriented and kind of feel the only time you talk to people is to instruct, you know, whereas all maybe they're not talkers or they're not extroverts. And so they don't see the value of walking the floor or having a a virtual coffee because they just see that as a waste of time. But it Mm. isn't a waste of time. It's actually building the relationship with your people so that it helps them to trust you and they will get to know you better too. And the better you know your people, the easier it gets to actually work together in a way that's effective. Yeah. I see this where people are like, well, you know, it's business, it's work, they should just do their job, that kind of stuff. But I always think, you know, how many problems aren't problems if we've got a relationship. Yes. And I can give you a call and we can talk about it and suddenly we can resolve it pretty easily. 
Yeah. Right? When we don't have that relationship, suddenly it's a massive deal. I love it's that, a whole Dom. drama. Yeah. I um, think it's so such an important call out. Like I do that for myself too. If I feel like I'm judging someone, I imagine or ask myself, what if they were ex, you know, Annie or someone who I've got a fantastic relationship with? And if the same issue come up, my reaction would be different, you know? And the the only difference is that I've got a strong relationship with one, not so strong with the other. So you're absolutely right. When the relationship is strong, anything's resolvable. Mm. So I think that connection's really important. So that's four C's, clarity, confidence, coaching, coaching connection. connection. What's the fifth? The fifth one, really important for leaders, is about calm. Okay, now it's about being calm and it's also about creating calm. So one of the things that I think is really important for leaders to cultivate is the ability to understand myself well enough so I can understand what triggers me into a defensive state. And the reason it's important for me to understand that is that I can come up with the strategy for managing that reaction. Uh, okay. Now, how do you stay calm? It's really about what happens when we get anxious or defensive is our heart rate goes up. Yep. So one of the simplest or the first things to do is to change your breathing to stay calm. So slow that heart rate down, take some deep breaths. And, you know, there are breathing exercises, sort of count for four, hold for four, breathe out for four and keep doing that until you feel yourself start to calm. So it's very important for leaders to show up calm because in a way, if the leaders kind of got it together or or cool and calm, then it creates a sense of safety Uh, for people. Back to that confidence, yeah. Back to that confidence. And you know, it can be a bit difficult for leaders because on the one hand, we want them to be vulnerable, but on the other hand, we don't want them to be too vulnerable. You don't want your leader going to pieces. You don't want your leader going to pieces. So how do you do that for a leader? We talked about breathing. The other thing is I was talking to a leader yesterday who was saying they've got enormous capacity for work, but there's so much going on that the usual strategy of recharging on the weekend Mm. isn't working. Mm. You know, they're getting tired quicker. And so one of the things I recommend for leaders is if you can imagine a glass most leaders kind of work right up until the top of the glass with a couple, you know, it might be spilling over. Uh. You can't stay calm if you're, you know, 150, 200% capacity because you're on autopilot and you're very finely balanced. And so you don't have much margin for error. Uh. So one of the things to do is to always ensure that you kind of got a little bit, you know, the glass isn't completely full. And you've got some room to be able to deal with issues when they happen. So examples of actually creating space is doing things like having, I know some leaders who have sacred time. Okay, sacred time might be set up time in the morning. I know some leaders that have a cup of coffee on their own for 30 minutes as they mentally prepare for their day. Some leaders do it at the end of the day where they kind of review what's happened in the day and got their head clear about what they want to achieve tomorrow. Tomorrow. Mm. And, you know, give themselves a pat on the back for the stuff that's gone well. So the first thing in terms of helping to create calm is just watch that your your load 
isn't at 150%, that you've actually got some fuel in the tank for the things that are ad hoc and go wrong. Set some time aside to set yourself up for the day or power down in the after in the afternoon. We've talked about breathing. The other thing is writing can help. So not everybody's into journaling, but if you can actually write a little bit, download your thoughts, it often helps you with insight. The fourth thing that I'd recommend in terms of creating calm is to actually look at things from a third person point of view. So kind of detach from detach the situation. From it, correct. Mm. Like fly on the wall situation, mm. get some distance. And also in terms of not overloading, just take a break. You know, sometimes the best way to solve a problem is to actually take a 15-minute break and walk away from it. But leaders need to have headspace to be able to deal with problems and to support their team to solve problems as well. And you can't do that if you're just going from one thing to another. So that's about the leader. In terms of how they create calm, it's really about really trying not to to manage their reaction to to mistakes to when things go wrong mm. that when something goes wrong go into coaching not into blaming oh my god <laughs> you what you what that's right <laughs> like, yeah 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 so really helping to create some calm is really a lot about how you are reacting when things go wrong and it, you know if it helps you to actually say let's take some time out, let me think about it and I'll come back to you because you don't, you know, sometimes it's, <laughs> you know, you don't want to talk at that moment because you, you might regret what you say. That's okay too. Yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm just picturing like someone coming into your office, you're like, just give me five minutes. You close the door. Ah, and then open the door again. <laughs> That's right. Maybe not that That's quite, right. but. Yeah. Uh, so I think if leaders can cultivate calm in themselves, it helps to generate calm in others. Yeah. And the reason why calm's important is because when you're in a calm state or in the realm of calm, you can operate from the constructive you're thinking. level. Yeah, That's you're right. not just reacting. You're not in the threat state. Yeah. 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 You can think more clearly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Beautiful. So the five C's, so clarity, being clear about what we're here to deliver, yep. what the priorities are, how I'm measured. We've got confidence. So yeah. being clear about, confident about who I am, what I have to offer, as well as building that in our team members, coaching them. So not just doing everything for everyone, being the easy button, but coaching them to think for themselves, act for themselves. Connection, building that connection with people, that relationship, things aren't a problem if we've got that relationship. And then calm, underpinning it all. How do we remain calm, keep all our faculties, we keep thinking, rather than going to reacting. Keep a level head. That's it. I love it, Corinne. Thank you for your five C's. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.